Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Right then, so I'm here today with Dan Meredith, Mr. Best Selling Author um, of How to Be Fucking Awesome. What's it? Yes, Between that's the one. Three quarters wow. of a million copies you've sold? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands. It's ridiculous. <laughs> many hundreds. It's you've daft. got how many people in a copy with Dan? 17,000? 17,000 now. And then just shy, or maybe just over now, uh, 500 in Espresso, which is like the paying group. Paying group uh, on Facebook, yeah. Yeah. It's and you've headlined right. with Gary V. You've travelled the world. Yeah, headline with Gary V. I've done some crazy things, like I've you know sat at a table with Richard Branson at the Playboy Mansion at one point, just when I was in my partying days. I've been invited to speak at you know prestigious events. It's ridiculous. I'm just down from Somerset, but here we are. <laughs> so, so you put yourself as an accidental success. I mean. Yeah, it's one of those things that's a bit facetious if for those people who work hard and I have worked hard to get here, but I, there wasn't a plan to be here doing this now. This was not like, I'm going to work for X amount of years, you know, write this book, have the agency, you know, have the group. It was never a plan. So I wanted to be successful. I wanted to, mainly for my family situation, not so much for me. Um, I didn't know how I was going to fucking get there. So I just thought I'll <laughs> give it a go and just try stuff until something works. Okay. So bit of action, bit of an idea of what you wanted to get. Yeah. Makes sense. But, but not in the woo woo kind of way. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I've got absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. I believe a lot of the principles are quite similar to sort of the things I believe in and the more woo woo people. It's just that they they lack of emphasis on action. Um, not that a lot of them do understand that as well. I'm not just I'm gonna poke at anyone, but they kind of like you know think it and it will happen. Yeah, like the, the you sit on your sofa and a million pounds manifest it out of no. You still got to go out and do shit. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing because we work together what a year and a half now. Yeah, a year and, and a half's been brilliant. It is the taking action thing, you know, like, and I think that's the consistent factor when you do meet people is that the people which take action and yeah, we'll always get ahead. And it's an imperfect action applied at speed is going to be your, your savior right now. When, you know, especially in a you know, as of recording our current climate, that's something that you want to be doing is getting an idea and getting it out there. Get, you know, don't half ass something, don't put shit out there, but just getting yeah. something from your brain to concept and out without talking yourself out of it without just saying oh what if it doesn't work or this is a bad time or anything like just getting it out there and giving things a go is is gonna save your ass right now getting out of your own way yeah yeah totally so we're going to come on to that in a little bit because i don't think we can have a conversation without it um but you know going back to in the beginning so where did your sales career when did sales come into play um i mean i've been doing it probably since i was a little boy probably since my teens i had a a vhs round so i used to literally this is before we you know before love film before netflix before amazon prime so basically we literally used to have a um it was with my dad and i'd do it on my bike sometimes what i do is i'd go door to door selling basically we had a a bank of videos all legit it wasn't dodgy you know we bought them and then we would rent them out and i would literally cycle around and you give me the money and i pay you and i'd knock on door to door so i started selling since i was a a young boy um then i worked probably crystallized was when i was a headhunter so i got into 
recruitment without knowing what the fuck it was. I was just like, you get paid how much to get people jobs? I was like, I'll have a slice of that. Um, I was supposed to go to university to be an aerospace engineer and um, my little sister's disabled, um, you know, costs a lot to kind of keep her safe. And I thought to myself, you know, I've had some conversation with mum and dad and I thought, you know what, I'm actually going to just, I'll contribute yep. to the family. I can go to uni at any time. So I had a friend of mine, his, I was friends with his girlfriend, really good friends with her. He got into this job and he's like, they pay you like 100, 150 grand a year to get people jobs. I'm like, fuck off today. That's not a thing. That doesn't exist. That's not a job. Um, but it was. And I went through some of the most ridiculous interview strategies I've been through in my life. But I got somehow got through. Um, I was only 19 at the time. So basically I had my, I had my dad's suit. Um, I had my old school shoes. Uh, seriously, my old school shoes. And... <laughs> No. Rematching shirt and ties from NV, and I started my sales career like that, just literally hitting the phone, smile and dial. Okay. And what did you what did you think of uh, recruitment? I look back on it fondly. If I, when I when I, I did it for several years, and I had my own recruitment firm, which did very very well. Um, but I felt it was honestly, it's the best grounding ever. You know what my basic salary was? <laughs> Six grand. My basic was six. So I think within about a week and a half, I was just fucking starving. So I had no food in. Um, it, it forced you to work because the conditions yeah. were awesome. I mean, you could earn, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 grand in a month if you yeah. went for it. Um, yeah. And I was just like, the fuck? You know, everyone, I was the youngest there. So I got in at 19. I think the next oldest person was maybe 24, or 25. I looked old. So they kind of like, oh, shit. They tried to manage me out a few times, but I just thought, sort of like, oh, okay, it's just a challenge. I'll just get over it. Um, and I needed the money. So yeah. I just took it on the chin and cracked on. So then I ended up um, going from a, some kind of resort, which is like the entry level, low to the low, like basically anyone spoke to you, to <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And it's very much a meritocracy. Um, I hit target after target after target. I made a niche my own. I had a very, I had the Southwest and I had the testing software. It's a tiny little sub niche, but I owned it. And I absolutely, yeah. then I ended up opening up other niches and I became, you know, quite well known as a, as a headhunter. And I was very, very well known in the kind of aerospace defense, uh, electronics industry as the go-to guy to get you jobs. And I was 21. <laughs> no, I think that's the funny thing with sales, isn't it? It's actually the importance of niching for yourself because mm -hmm. that becomes your value when people, it's almost like a currency when you're looking at companies and stuff like that. I knew what radiuses to search. I knew what job skills yeah. to search. I knew everything, everything that I had. I knew. Yeah. So I didn't have to think because all I knew every day is Southwest. I could go up to Swindon as far as Malmesbury, I think it was, and left. And I can do Wales as well. And that was South Wales. And that was it. So it was in that patch. Then I had my division software. Then I had my subdivision again, which was testing. And if it wasn't a software tester who could come in the Southwest, I didn't have to worry about it, which made my life so much easier. And back when you were doing it, because I remember friends of mine getting into recruitment mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, some of the tactics are a bit naughty. Um, yeah. A little bit close to the wind. How did they fit with you? What was your, what was your take? I never really did any. I, the only other ones I did were more <laughs> tactics against my managers as opposed to the clients. So I remember one guy... God, I mean, he's very, very successful and I won't name him, but I remember he was going to close a deal and then someone he knew got it. So he rang each, uh, each of them up, pretending to be the other person. One said, quick, just, yeah, <laughs> proper dodgy. Like, I was just did, like, did, they, did they actually rattle him though? Surely they were like... He then got, so he, he figured it out and then he got his guy in there. 
at a 40% margin. So for me, with the dodgy stuff I would do, I had a boss, bless her, she's she's awesome. Um, But you got to think it stemmed from that kind of culture that you have to close, you have to hit targets. So I had a client that was probably responsible for, I mean, I was a very big biller, but I'm going to say about a third of my revenue. Um, and it was, a, it was a company that my business had never worked with before. And I cracked them and they loved me. And we had a great relationship. And simple version was, I think the Friday was the end of the month. And then the manager was off that day. So the manager was off unwell. So they were going to give me the offer on the Friday. I spoke to the HR director who I was like the best of friends with. And she said, it's not a problem. It's not like some delay in tactic. It's going to have to be because I just can't physically get him to sign it. I was like, yeah, it's no problem at all. So my boss was just like, get it closed. Tell him you're going to pull the candidate away from him. And I'm like, but there's not a problem. Yeah. Guy's ill. (laughs) He's literally, here's the email. It's all good. She said, get on the phone now. And I said, I'm not going to do that. She said, get on the phone now. I'm going to give you a disparate. I said, well, so I pretended I lied. I said, look, I'm shaking a bit. Can I just take five minutes to myself just to compose myself? It was totally fine. So I went out, got on my mobile phone, rang up the manager, director, and I said, this is the nonsense that I'm having to put up with here. And she just started laughing. And I said, well, just go with me. And basically what I'd done is I convinced her. So I got on the phone, my boss is listening. And I said, oh, I'm afraid we're going to have to pull the candidate. So then I told her to say on the call that she was going to not only cancel the offer, but she was going to cancel working with us full stop. She literally was going mental at me <laughs> on the phone, but whilst texting me saying, am I angry enough? <laughs> <laughs> and then it put, and then my boss has just learned never to fuck with me because I was just like, I said, well, I said, you've just lost yourselves, you know, a million profit. Sorry. <laughs> Did what you said? That shit again. Yeah, no, they, no, they just left me alone after that. They realised it was best to leave down alone. Uber dodgy manager who they, they were always pushing end of month, you know, like get the, <sighs> yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, you need to, you go around and, and I, he was like, get your pharmacies to buy more than they should. And I was like, I don't, because <laughs> I was like, no way. Because the thing is then, I'm going to be so low the following month the, because everyone's stocked up. And I was exactly. like, what is the fucking point? It's just ridiculous, isn't it? I was like, what it is, is I understand. The thing is, I, 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 don't, I look back as a uh, more mature individual, looking yeah. back, I was thinking, why have we got things on the boards? You know, why have we got whiteboards? Yeah. And do you know what? That's actually really useful because it gives you focus yeah. and it's a visual yeah. representation day-to-day of the calls you've done, the stats you've done, where you're at. And it doesn't push you harder. But at the time, I thought it was nonsense. It's actually incredibly useful to know where you yeah. are what you want to hit we what you are. want to do it's very very useful um, and to see that daily is, is very very useful. I know yeah. you've got it in your office because I've been there as well but, yeah, um, yeah yeah. back in the day it was it was honestly it toughened me it made me extremely resilient to rejection it was a first class sales training I learned yeah. so much I mean a lot of what I teach now is based on the principles I learned as a 19 year old man and they work so yes they are good but you don't have to be uh, a spam yeah. dick to do no, I, I remember I just went to him I just did the blonde card so I was like um I, what do you mean and I because I, I knew actually it's against regulations and um and I was like um could you send it me in an email because I just don't understand it when you say it out loud that's brilliant <laughs> I, I did used to have some fun I was always very polite with people and I never would pitch someone if I didn't think like for example, if I had a candidate that I was going to pitch them, it was because it was per- it was a- I knew my customers so well, I knew my industry so well, I knew it was a perfect fit. And if anyone was ever rude to me, I would just be a little menace. As I remember, someone hung up on me, and I was just like, I was so polite, and I was just kind of like, okay. So I just picked them up and rang them again. I said, I think your phone had a fault. 
phone goes down again. I said, oh, I'll call him again. I'm like, your phone is really having a nightmare today. I've been this day. And I just said, you don't have to talk to me. But I said, man, has cost nothing. And he apologised. So I went on the fourth time I called him. Fuck him. I had a woman who was treating me like dirt when I was a waitress at Pizza Hut. And um, she was proper looking <coughs> down at me. And I was just like, and anything was I was a student. And like I was doing it as a part-time thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to her, I've got your suit. It's really comfy, isn't it? <laughs> kill them with kindness. They don't know what to do. She off there and then and removed the suit, which was now making her feel dirty. She would have done. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so you went to recruitment. Then what did you do from there? Uh, then I went to university. So basically, I look back and it's just them being very, very smart. So I hit all the targets to have my own office. So it's very much a meritocracy. You hit this target, this target. You, yeah. you and branch out on your own and they said to me and I was 21 22 at the time and they said oh you can't have an office because you need a degree it's complete <laughs> bullshit <But> obviously <laughs> little naive me is like okay I'll okay. go get a degree then but because <laughs> I was really cool with them I got paid very well into probably because all of my clients were on security clearance so they took a long time for the film so I was basically getting like a very high full-time wage whilst I was at university. So I, I had a fucking fantastic fresh as you. But um, <laughs> off me tits most of it, just pissed all the time. <laughs> Not much difference in my late 30s, really. But um, <laughs> that's, that's a total side point. But um, I ended up, um, sorry, what was I saying? I literally you, you, got, you, you got, went to uni, so you did. Oh, went to uni, so yeah. So I basically uni. said, okay, went to uni. Um, I was beginning to my training then, so I got in, did a sports and nutrition degree, and then went to personal training. And then I thought I would pick up. My goal was to pick up maybe you know three to five hours a week because it was like twenty quid an hour back then. That went a long way, a hundred pounds a student. Yeah. I ended up doing forty hours a week as a PT, so I just applied all of the same principles, literally niche down. I I was very I approached only certain types of people. So for example, one of the things you know, and, I, and this is not a dig at anyone who may be different shapes or sizes, but I would look at, think logically. So I think, right, if someone's maybe a little bit overweight or out of shape and they're coming in here, they've obviously, they're not as disciplined right now. It's not a dig at anyone. As no, no, true, yeah. Three, four times a week. So I targeted people who are in the gym consistently and actually were already in good shape, but maybe a little bit also maybe like, early to mid 30s because obviously where your natural youth is kind of starting to expire a little bit and you're oh a little bit God, you sound like my mum <laughs> it's just I was just logical so these are people that valued their health and their wellness and their looks and stuff so I would say look I'm the I'm the five ten percent extra that keeps you you know up here and I so all of my clients were this is it I was already I was selling them something they already valued which was yeah. exercise nutrition personal training so it was a dead easy sell they just wanted that it was a lot easier because I talk to a lot of people Absolutely. and I'm like, actually, you're having to sell your concept and then why you should be the person delivering yep. it. Whereas, you know, let They've them convince themselves about the concept and then Here it's just, go. I'm the best reason because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and then you've just got to have your decent USPs, haven't you? Yeah, and it worked really well. And I've done that, you know, when I was a copywriter, I only sold copy to people who'd bought copy before. Wow. Um, you know, when I work with people one-to-one, like we do, I only work with people who've had one-to-one or a degree, yeah. of, you know, with me before, because I'm like, it, the expectations on me, not that I can't deliver, but it's more like, you know, you sort of hope. You know what you're getting, so, you? Yeah, you know what you're getting. Yeah. And it's a case yeah. of, you know, if someone wants to work with me one-to-one now, I say, go join Espresso for a little bit. See if you're like me at a lower 
level yeah and then if you do you can reach out and we can do maybe a couple of months working together dead easy well one of my first questions when when i speak to somebody about the agency is have you ever run ads before and yeah. the conversation goes so differently if they haven't because even though they think that you know online you are still selling them and they're like and it costs what and it costs what and it, this, yeah. this, this involved and this, they have no idea what's involved and so they don't having value, to educate them and to, everything else yeah the value piece at the start yeah. takes time and you build that with content and with you know appearances like on podcasts and putting stuff out there and time served testimonials all that kind of good stuff but yeah. realistically if you you know when i have some people who i did a an interview recently and it was just kind of like the, the guy was saying because he's got a really really um big podcast he thought it would cost loads more with him so when you've got all of those value uh, propositions you're actually perceived that mm-hmm. high people tend not to kind of negotiate they kind of expect you're you know you're a premium service yeah. they're willing to pay so so you know positioning is is key and i'm not talking about mm-hmm. jacking your prices up or being a dick it's just time served testimonials good quality person interesting human being lots of content lots of value it just makes life so much easier then you don't have to sell you don't have to explain and then sell yeah you're not justifying here's the service yeah. It's like when we started working together, you'd been, Martin, your partner, had been in my world, husband, sorry, had been in my world for a while. We'd done a one-to-one day. You were on the market looking for someone. I put a ridiculous offer out there. You were the first yep. email. And we've been both, you know, clients, friends, you know, we're very close yep. now um, as well as ever since. And it's because we've gone through those, you know, been in my world for a while. And the same with a lot of your clients. Many of the people that yeah. 100% recommend to you have been with me a long time. They yeah. trust my opinion, and I say, yeah. you want to work with my guys because they're actually good. Yeah. So it's, it works both ways. And how do you find that with, like, clients and friendships and relationships? Because I've spoken to people who are like, I really struggle to sell to clients that I've had long-term because they've, they've stepped over that mark and become friends, whereas I found that easier. What are your thoughts on that? I think, for well, for example, I think – like when we did the things that we've done, it was a case of we already had a relationship. We had a base mm-hmm. of friendship. Listen, in the scope of honesty, we've butted heads a couple of times, as you should do. I don't want people. Yeah. I think you should always, with anyone you work with, be able to, when I say butted heads, it wasn't malicious. It's just like you should yeah. be able to feedback good and bad as well. Because sometimes but it's got to be, it's got to be a reciprocal relationship. Yeah, and I think that you've got to have that level of respect. I think if you, I think once you've, it is, the natural thing is to think it's harder. But for example, I will, obviously not with us right now, but if there's someone I'm working with one-to-one, if I've done a, a one-to-one call with or a day with them, I will literally say, look, if I, th- if I think it's a consultative self, I think there's value for you mm-hmm. to go into this period of mine. Because honestly, if it's not you, it's going to be someone else. So if you've yeah. got a good relationship, you can look after them, you've got a bond already, yeah. then sell to them, but not sell to them in a kind of spammy way. Like for example, I did, it must have been, I sold a copy of something called the Daniel and it came with, so I was, I sold it for 95 and that came with a coaching call. So basically like the value was between the two. Yeah. And out of, I did about 30 calls and I then upsold, I think it was 10 or 12 into espresso because it was the right thing for them. Mm-hmm. 10 or so of them did the call. Good luck. Off you go. A couple of people, I it sold into a one-to-one day cause we needed more time. And then one person became a one-to-one client for two months. That's it. But yeah. it was a case of I matched what I could offer to what they needed. And if they didn't need me, you don't need yeah. me. I don't need to work with people. I want to, I enjoy you and Martin 
to work with. I enjoy your company. Yeah. It's not stressful. When we first started out, we'd speak two, three times a week. Now it's probably like once a week, sometimes once every couple of weeks. Because yeah. we're that, that, it doesn't yeah. need to be that intense at the start anymore, yeah. which is good because we know each other. Yeah, I think that's the thing is it's always selling people. You've got to look at where they are. And yeah, if you can't help them, then find someone it's else. Ethically, it's not right. Yeah, it's not worth it. And it's never going to work, is it? You know, Trust like, me, the people that you take money off, that even if they're willing to give it to you, and they want to give it to you, but you know deep down you probably can't help them the level they want, they end up becoming, through no fault of their own, fucking nightmares. Yeah. Um, they're harder work. They demand more of your time. It's better to work with people who are fully bought in and committed, and then just literally it's a simple transition into a, a yeah. consultative sale process. And that might just be, as you say, like putting people into espresso and places like that. It's, it's just slowing down that process and mm -hmm. making that sales process longer for them, isn't it? It's the not lack of neediness. Off you go. It's just, you know, yeah. at this moment in time, you need to this be is in why you should. Place. And that's the right thing. It's like if I'm paying you for something, I expect you to advise me what I specifically need right now. So if I'm speaking to someone, you know, I spoke to, I've recently hired a, a virtual personal trainer, obviously due to the situation we're currently in. <laughs> he knows my exact needs. So I said to him right now, um, I have access to food quite readily, but I've got meal prep and stuff that are kind of frozen and ready to go. So for example, I said, yes, I could work out all the macros and all this kind of stuff. But right now, do you know what I need? I need someone to sit with me on a screen five hours a week so five days a week and make me train because that's my pit that's so right now i'm not overly bothered about getting ripped i want to get stronger and fitter and it's like my hour of me time so he didn't try and sell aggressively his nutrition it's like cool we'll address that when you're ready let's just get you training so he listened to what i wanted and yeah I'm already starting to, this is the thing, I'm already starting to make healthier choices. I'm being more mindful. But because he hasn't pushed it, it's like he just literally matched what he can deliver to what I want. And he's like, don't worry about that for now. Let's just get you strong and, you know, bigger biceps. Your, your take on a PT would be mine. I want them yeah. there making me do it. I don't, yeah. I don't want to be checking in because I'll be like, no, no. I ain't doing shit. I didn't do it. <laughs> I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Whereas you can't have them on a video call and be like, Okay, we're just gonna sit here for an hour and then yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to get your ass moving. Okay. So when you come to sell, do you mm -hmm. think that you switch between do you find yourself becoming sales dan or is it quite a natural same person. Same person. So I have so this is what I learned from my recruitment days. It was probe, match, confirm and close. Literally four steps part of the method I teach now. Open, lots of open questions, but it's an open questions in a conversational format. So it's yeah. the who, where, what, when, whys. And I'm just trying to build up a picture about you. Then I match. So what I mean by that is then I'm, I'm only going to tell you about the stuff that's relevant to you. So for example, if like, okay, so we worked on um, uh, something recently on, on a funnel. So for example, there's no point me selling my skills in, so in let's just say okay copy for example is copywriting is a really good skill i have so if you will come to me for a funnel i'm going to focus on the strategy of the funnel and the copy of the funnel as well there's lots of other things i can do for you as a business there's lots of people i can recommend there's social media strategies there's pitching strategies there's linkedin strategies there's cold pitching strategies but right now you're coming to me for a funnel so that's what we're going to work on so that's the slice i take and i bet then so i'm matching what mm -hmm. I can do to what your needs are, then I'm confirming. Literally, that's the case if we get to towards the end of the conversation, literally confirming what I'm going to deliver, what your expectations are, are you happy with that? And then the close. And it's generally, 
most people, you need to simplify the process. Um, I generally prefer two options. I, an alternative close is, is the easiest one for most people to do. It's generally pay up front, pay in installments, which yeah. is better for you. That's it. And then if they come back with a negotiation, you know, if you're at a place where you're a bit more successful, you can say, no, nope, this is, that's the, that's what's available. So obviously that's it. Obviously, you know, no, nope. but again, uh, recently due to the current situation, there's a few things that I'm kind of not so much relaxing. I'm not reducing my prices at all, but I'm giving slightly different payment terms. I'm saying you can spread it out over a certain milestones or I'm willing to take a cut of this thing here. You know, that's something that I want, or maybe you can do something for me in return. It's like, you know, there's other ways to do it, but I find just simply literally probe, match, confirm, close, alternate close to finish. Oh, the, the phrase probe takes me back. Like it's, um, it's, when I first started with sales, it was like probing. And, and yeah, really I know. the first training I ever did in sales was on a cassette. And it was like this wow. clunky cassette thing. And then they put these videos on. And it was just like, I could not believe it. It was, yeah. But if you look back <laughs> at the stuff, we like the thing is, it's cheesy when you look back. It's kind of like that thing in the office where the guy gets the, the trainer in. But this stuff works. It's yeah. worked for yeah. forever. The principles of sales, principles of persuasion. We're all humans. And as much as people like to think they're an individual and that they're yeah. special, it's like you're all subject to the same shit. And if I can figure out your buttons, I can sell to you. Yeah, and I think that's it, isn't it? And that's that's the skill bit. I think that's where yeah. people come into their own is, is being able mm -hmm. to figure people out. And that isn't, it's not a straight sales thing. It's a communication thing that mm -hmm. a lot of people have established when they're younger. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people are really fortunate. And I think that's when people look at people and they say, oh, they're a natural salesperson is because they're good at reading people. Yeah. But, you know, sales is a skill. That and it's something you can yeah. learn. Like I'm, I think scripts and things are, are useful to start to give you a foundation. <laughs> but just to kind of understand the flow of a conversation. Yeah. But I think prompts and yeah. guides are the way forward because it's a case of. But listen, I've got some great books on you know persuasion and humans. But I would say if you want to get good at sales, like you should study psychology to a degree, yeah. like human psychology understand people's wants needs and desires and then a simple format like the one i just suggested to you i know you have your own with your prompts um you're good to go yeah yeah and it's practice yeah, and the thing is, is and i always get people so how much practice do they get you to do back in recruitment days to be doing it oh, I mean, to each I was other doing, and stuff like that yeah i mean we had to do with daily role plays we had yeah. 100 to 200 calls a day i personally because again i look back they were just trying to get me out of the business but i turned out to be good every single day they would make me go out and get someone's email address so i had to talk to someone in the street or in the shop get their email address and then we'd email them when i got back in from lunch if that email bounced i was sacked wow. but for me yes obviously <laughs> totally against hr You're policy but i wish no no but this is this it was the wild yeah. west back in the well, like late 90s it was ridiculous but that was the thing back then. You could do what you wanted. It was wild. It was, yeah. wild. and I didn't care. And I mm -hmm. saw it instead of getting angry. I was just like, "Cool, this is my first proper job. This is what you do in a job." You I think that's the thing as well. You don't. I just different. went and did it. When they get you when you're young, you just think this oh, is yeah. normal. And then and when so, you go to the road, like, oh my god, I'm not being bullied and threatened 24 seven. <laughs> so Yay. This isn't allowed. <laughs> recruitment's not allowed. To anyone who's listening is in recruitment, it's not like that. Nothing against my old employers. I had a great time. You know, I couldn't be more grateful for the um, education 
yeah. um, that I had and, and the toughness. I mean, I was a, a little soft lad from Somerset and it thickens the skin. Mm. And honestly, I punch from a, a lady perspective so out of my league. <laughs> you know you've done really well not to mention women. I know. I, 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 I always do. <laughs> it's coming. Oh, I'm very, very open. They're my weakness. Women are awesome. I love them. But, um, I punch and out my chocolate eggs apparently cream yeah, eggs. Look I mean, at it. Yeah, I've got a few, 280. <laughs> well, I had 288 cream eggs. I think I've got 274 now. Um, <laughs> only got them yesterday as of recording. But um, <laughs> stupid boy. But um, but it's the same thing that you say. I'm because I'm I, I'm rejection resilient. So yeah. not that it sounds really dodgy how I've mentioned it, but it's just like I've got no issues going up to someone who is maybe extremely successful or extremely attractive or, or a bit of prestige about them or, or whatever, and striking up a conversation. And yeah. Trying to chat them up if I, if I like them and I think we'd be a good match. or Why not? They're just people at the end of the day, but I'm not bothered about the no's because I've had fucking thousands of the things. <laughs> Tens of thousands of rejections. You just get a thick skin to it after a while. <laughs> Yeah, that, and to be fair, the analogies continue with sales and, and relationships and everything else, don't they? You know, like mm-hmm. you have got that. It's a communication thing again. It is an appreciation that people are going to go, thanks, but no thanks. Um, but actually, when you're not a dick about it, it can, <laughs> you can actually end up all right out of even the no thanks scenarios. It's honestly, I've had more fun with people with the rejections and the winkers. I just have a giggle with them. Like half the time, it's just kind of like, because I'm not, um, was it emotionally attached to the out the the actual yeah. winning of the you know if I get a date or if I get a deal or if I close a, or if I get an opportunity whatever you don't see it as a reflection on you bothered, yeah and I'm not bothered if I if I get it cool if I don't get it cool it's the same baseline levels I used to be like this like with myself oh god oh my god I'm useless and that sort of thing. now it's just <laughs> whatever it is it's a baseline of cool yeah and that helps a lot no that makes sense so moving on to the current environment mm. so we're currently week. Coming into week two of lockdown, aren't we? Yeah, weeks are probably three of fuckery. <laughs> Which is just, yeah. Fun. Um, there's a lot of comments out there. A lot of people are concerned. And there's a, you know, there's a lot of critics, because to be fair, mm-hmm. some people don't have a lot to do. Um, and so, you know, people are worried over the criticism. And the amount of people I've spoken to have said, oh, I don't want to be seen to be taking advantage of the situation. I don't want to be seen to be making money out of it. Um which I think is crazy, but, um, and, and I've told them, but yeah. what's your take on it? What's your take on selling well, in the car? I think, okay, so I think if you were the sort of person that was buying N95 masks and, and trying to flip them, if you were buying and hoarding hand sanitizer or toilet roll, then quite frankly, go fuck yourselves. I, 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 I don't wish you any specific harm or illness, but eh, bollocks to you. You know, I don't think yeah. you are a good person. It's that simple. Um, you are, you know, those people who flip, things out of tragedy like I saw things like you know toilet rolls and and, and nappies and I was just thinking yeah. imagine having to pay baby milk to t- I'm like fuck off you're a horrible yeah. hu- you're a horrible human being awful disgusting and I hope you have a mixture of tennis elbow and <laughs> gout and just like a really itchy asshole I think you have all of those things um, but right now what two dislocated shoulders and an itchy asshole <laughs> <laughs> I want them to itch it and then walk away and realize they have to do it again. Um, <laughs> nothing particularly bad there, but just kind of just general day to day fuckery. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, I think you, you can profit and uh, not out of people's misery, but there are people that still need services. You can, like, for example, I had an idea the other day. I've got very strong, I've been online for seven years. This is my home. 
Yes. So I'm going to offer my services consultancy wise to businesses to say, mm -hmm. do you want me to show you how to do this yeah. like for a fair price? And I'm even going to say, look, we can defer payments. We can do things. You're going to have some skin in the game because you won't do it, but there's ways of making money ethically and prof and, and fairly from the current environment. You should still sell your services. You should still sell the things you do. You may have to pivot and change how mm. you deliver them deliverables you know for example uh, a mutual friend of ours in jay he had a, a car cleaning chemical company mm -hmm. he now flipped that he was doing well from it he's now flipped that into turning this the same chemicals that are in the cleaning product are used in sanitizer then i make sanitizer you know my local cafe i helped them um they were a sit-in cafe they now literally run my town for they do food deliveries all day long really good stuff and pizza deliveries five nights a week they literally they've just flipped and yeah. they now you know crushing it because they provide so again you can make money in this period of time it will be over one day but that's a good time to try things yeah that you've maybe put off yeah well that's the thing there's nothing wrong with making money now you nope. know if you're meeting somebody's need i think you know as long as you're not taking 100%. advantage of them that's fine i mean one of the first companies you know talking about when you first got into sales the first company i worked for they were a really small company selling cod liver oil up in hull and then these, I think it was the first World War came along and they provide the field packs and the, the packs mm -hmm. for the soldiers. And obviously their business took off and from the foundations of taking off, you know, it became Brilliant. a very large, very large, you know, multinational company. But, you know, th there was nothing wrong with that. Somebody had to supply that. That was a this need. That People had to still have needs. The needs have changed and you may find yeah. what you were selling before isn't required now. So yeah. then you need to go and find another need that you can service with your skill set. And there is nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. At all. Cool, cool. So what is your top tip for selling? If you were to give somebody, impart somebody one useful bit of information, what would it be? Hmm. So I always, these one questions always throw me because there's, there's no <laughs> like, Don't make thing. me pick one. <laughs> you know what I will say? I say whatever it is you're selling, um, if you need to have full complete belief in the results that you're going to give and if you maybe think let's say for example let's just say you're a really good facebook advertiser or a really good copywriter or a really good widget salesperson so if your widget or your thing is is or whether you're selling is brilliant but you don't believe in yourself then get someone to help you realize your belief so mindset work testimonial so yeah. self-belief energy positivity is going to get you through hard situations i'm not saying sell shit but you've got to believe in what you do so if you're good at what you do you get good at what you do by time served and by helping others but once you've got it own it and then put that out into the world so it's a bit of a medley that one but i hope that was useful no i like that thank you very much mr Meredith. it's been a pleasure chatting thank you for the time and uh yeah enjoy the rest of your weekend thank you very much take care everyone Thanks, take bye bye, care. bye, -bye. A big thanks again for Mr. Dan Meredith and his time today. Um, if any of you want to find out more about him, then probably the best place to start is his uh, free Facebook group, which is Coffee with Dan. In there, you'll see lots of bits from him, as well as a super active community of online business people, which you can start to get involved in. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.